welcome to another edition of Making Money. I'm Gord Whitehead along with the financial coach, Ron Hebert, retired portfolio manager who spent about four decades in the industry. And Ron, this time around on Making Money, maybe something a little more technical that's perhaps not for the neophyte investor, or is it? Let's talk about rights and warrants. Well, first, let's give a definition of what these are, because what we try to do on this show is this is an educational program where we try to give investors a broad view of not only strategies to invest, you know, we try to look at economics, but we also try to look at, you know, what are the individual securities and types of securities that you can look at. So this week we want to talk about rights and warrants and what they are. Rights and warrants gives you right the right to buy a specific amount of stock at a specific price for a specific period of time. And the difference between a right and a warrant is usually the duration of the conversion period. Rights usually give you this option to buy a stock at a specific price, and it usually a right will last a couple weeks, maybe even a couple months. Whereas warrants can have a life that extends for years and years and years. So rights and warrants, often you'll see them if you're looking down a stock page, you might see a stock, but then it has a WT or an RT right after it. So you see the stock symbol, and then you'll see a period, and then you'll see an RT or a WT, and that usually means it's a right or a warrant that is put out by that company, and those are the things we want to talk about today. So I suppose the question that pops into a lot of people's minds here, Ron, is, is how do these things come about? How do they originate? What happens is if a company is coming to the market and is trying to raise capital, um, sometimes they overestimate the demand or the, you know, the investing public just looks at it and goes, nah, there's just not enough of a carrot attached to this thing uh, to warrant me putting my money down. Maybe they think it's too speculative or profits aren't expected to be as robust or maybe just a host of other reasons. So, what happens is that uh, the underwriter, the company that's, that's sponsoring these guys to go public, will come back to the company that's trying to raise the capital and say, look, we need to attach a carrot to this. We need to make this issue more appetizing, so we'll add a warrant. And this gives an investor uh, an option to buy more shares at the future at a specific price. This can be very profitable if the shares rise dramatically above the stated buy price in the warrant contract. So, for example, let's say you buy a stock for a dollar. It's a new issue. It's a junior mining stock. And they've issued a warrant. And this warrant gives you the right to buy more shares at $1.20 for two years. Now, let's say this company does well and the stock over the next two years goes up to $2. If you have a warrant that you paid nothing for and you get the right to buy more shares at a dollar twenty well you've just made eighty cents now you can either sell a warrant or you can put up the dollar twenty and buy the two dollar shares sell a warrant take the eighty cents a share or whatever it happens to be and they've made extra profit and really uh... they haven't had to put up any extra any any extra money because the warrant it detaches and it trades separately. So if the stock went to $2, well, this warrant 
that is exercisable or exchangeable in more shares at a dollar twenty would be worth at least eighty cents. So you decide as a shareholder, well, I got these warrants; they were attached to the stock to make it more attractive when I bought it. I'm just going to sell it and take that eighty cent profit. Okay, so are these often used by companies as a way to raise extra capital then, or? Yeah, sometimes, for example, um, Gord, let's say your company decides to buy my company. And, you know, you, you look around the landscape, and there isn't a lot of outside investors that really have been paying attention to what you're doing. Well, you have a built-in audience with existing shareholders. So to sometimes the most efficient way to raise capital uh, when you're looking around for funds to, for example, take over another company, is just to go to your existing shareholders and let's say a stock's trading, your stock's trading at $5. You say, well, look, we'll give you a bit of a discount. If, if uh, We'll give you some rights. These rights will expire in the next month, but each right will give you the ability, instead of paying $5 for a share, you get to buy it at four seventy-five. And so often, a rights uh, uh, literally issue to existing shareholders can provide you with the capital you need. And often that's where rights are used is to give um, the company the ability to raise some cash to do something, especially something like a takeover. Okay. So how do you, what do we do if, how do we get into these? How do we invest them or trade them? What, what's the option? What are the options there? Well, there's a couple ways. First of all, if you're buying a new issue and it's, a, and it's a smaller company and they want to put a sweetener on it, Often what you'll do is you'll get a warrant or a right attached to it. And typically, these rights will trade um, attached to the stock, so you can't trade them separately for usually a period of time. But then usually after a week or a, couple, or a, or a month or so, these warrants will be detachable. In other words, they'll trade separately. So you'll have the stock, and then you'll have a warrant, which will show up in your investment account. And then what you can do is then you can trade uh, these because they usually trade on a recognizable exchange so that you have the ability uh, to watch the warrant. If it has a good run, uh, you can literally sell it. Now, as I was saying, sometimes rights are issued to existing shareholders, um, but they will also trade separately. They'll, they'll trade on the market and they'll have their own symbol, usually with an RT or a double UT after it. So you get rights and warrants often when you, you're buying a new issue, but typically when, when rights and warrants, they become detached, they trade as a separate entity, many investors will sell off those warrants or rights. So if you want to have what we call a leveraged trade on a particular stock and the fundamentals look good and you're not paying too much for it, you can buy the warrant or right as a way to get a, really magnify your profits if you're right on the direction and the shares go up in value. Well, for example, uh, these warrants will often trade at a premium. So in our previous example, we had a, a stock where that you, you bought a stock at $1.20 and uh, it had a warrant attached to it. And the warrant gave you the right to buy one more share for $1.20 for the next two years. Well, immediately when these things started trading, let's say the stock sat there for six months and didn't move. Usually the warrant's going to move to a premium. Often it'll be 20%, 30% premium. So on a $1.20 stock, the warrant could move to literally 
25 to 35 cents very, very quickly. And so generally, if the prospects of a stock are good, um, the warrant will start trading above what we call its conversion price. And the reverse is true if the expiry is near and the current price of the shares is below. So you've got a, a warrant that expires in two weeks and it gives you the right to buy a stock at $1.20 and the warrant's still trading at, at $0.10, cents, you probably don't want to buy it because the warrant will expire worthless because the stock hasn't reached the $1.20 level. And you put up $0.10 cents a unit for it and it's uh, trading below its, its expiry or, or below its conversion price. And so the warrant's going to end up being worth nothing. So uh, you can get a lot of leverage uh, from these things because you haven't had to pay a lot for them. But there's going to be usually a premium attached to these things. And the true premium is going to really depend on how much uh, time you've got left on the option, uh, how investors are perceiving the prospects for the company, and, you know, the current price of the underlying stock compared to what the conversion price is uh, going to be. So if the stock's at $2 and the conversion price is $4, well, don't expect that uh, option to be worth that much. There must be advantages to these things, right? Well, generally, when the underlying stock price rises, the warrant price will rise much faster than the stock. So if you think a stock is going to have a big price move, owning a warrant can provide considerably more upside than owning the stock. So uh, let's use an example. So if, if you uh, are given a warrant that allows you to buy another share of a company at $3, and then let's say this company is trading at two fifty, so... Uh, you know, you're not going to exchange the warrant today because the stock is trading below uh, what the what the warrant is is uh, is is trading at. So, if the stock goes up uh, in price uh, to 350, it's risen by 40 uh, percent, and that's a pretty good gain. But warrants that that say they start trading at a they're valued at a penny a piece. Well. If the stock is at 350, and you get a chance to exercise and buy more shares at three dollars, that warrant's going to be trading at least at 50 cents. In other words, if you paid a penny for it, uh, your profit on a 50 cent move is 5,000 percent versus owning the stock and having a, a literally a 40 percent move. So, warrants can leverage your and rights can leverage your profit to the upside. But they're a two-edged sword. Uh, you can also, if the stock stays down uh, and they have a time expiry on them, uh, you can also lose money. Okay, so then there don't have to be disadvantages, right? Yeah, and that's pro. That's the segue into the disadvantages. Is because if they expire worthless, um, you could lose all your money. You pay thirty cents for an option, and it expires worthless. It's not above its conversion price. Well. You've just been wiped out. 100% of what you put into that is down. Now, warrants don't pay dividends or provide income, and warrants are usually issued by companies that have lower quality. So those are two of the issues. You're not usually going to get a Berkshire Hathaway that issues a right or a warrant to you. You know, These are often found on companies that trade on the Vancouver Exchange, for example. And warrants are a wasting asset. They have a life uh, expectancy usually that's not that long. And so, you know, uh, a lot of times people are left holding warrants and they run out of time and run out of runway before the stock actually goes up. And often the premium you pay 
can be so enormous, people think that uh, the stock's going to go much, much higher than it actually does. So the premium on the warrant uh, that you pay is so out of line with the conversion price that even if the stock does go up, uh, the premium you paid was just too high, so there's still no profit in it for you. And there are no dividends or anything like that there, right? Yeah, no dividends, no income. So uh, literally, um, you're owning something that you need capital gain on it to make it worth your while. So points to ponder before we maybe pull the trigger on something like this. Yeah, exercise caution when a warrant has a really short expiry because you don't have very long to be right. Secondly, exercise caution when a warrant is trading at a huge premium. You know, so if if uh, it the this, the warrant has a conversion of three dollars, the stock's at uh, two ninety, but the warrant's trading at sixty or, or or sixty or seventy cents. It means break even for you is not three dollars; it's three sixty or three seventy. So if there's a huge premium, uh, you've got to be careful about buying these things because the company really has to go up a lot for you to be in the money. And remember that warrants are a wasting asset and are considerably more risky than owning a stock. You can sit on a stock for a long time, and if it takes two or three years to be right, fine. But with a warrant, often, you're going to, like I say, you're going to run out of runway before the thing actually goes up. And warrants, finally, are issued by lower-quality companies. You don't see a lot of high-quality companies using them as an investment vehicle. Rights and warrants, another little nugget of knowledge from the financial coach Ron Hebert. Uh, if there's something that we've touched on that you, you didn't quite grasp and you want some clarity, send us an email. We'll be happy to answer it. Uh, it might take a little while to get back to you, but we'll do that. Again, it's through our website, letsmakemoney.ca. That'll come to our inbox or through cfcw.com, our friends there that host the show. Uh, we'd be happy to address it for you or a show suggestion. We're always open to those as well. On behalf of the financial coach, Ron Hebert, I'm Gord Whitehead. We will join you again next week. The information presented is derived from sources believed to be reliable. This material is presented for information purposes only and does not constitute investment advice. Before acting on any investment information, a person should seek advice from an investment professional. The presenters may or may not hold positions in the securities discussed on this show and will not be responsible for any losses sustained from acting on this information.